0: Welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. This week we're talking to Scott LaCrasse and Stephen Smith. Scott is directing and Stephen is starring in an upcoming production of Harry's Christmas, um, a play by Stephen Burkhoff, which is coming to King's Head from six to the 24th of December. Stephen's been on before, you may remember him, we talked... we talked about your Burkhoff plays before, didn't we? Um, Scott, first timer. So, love to meet you both. Do you want to tell us a little bit, just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, no. So, uh, thank you for having me on uh, again, Rob. Yes, uh, last time I was chatting about Dog Actor, which was the double bill of Stephen Burkhoff plays that I was touring uh, this summer. And yeah, this is the next the next Burkhoff play. Uh, more more scott's uh brainchild in a in a way when he saw saw me do a a show called one man poe which was um something i did last october and then he got chatting to me about harry's christmas so uh and it's it's uh scott will no doubt tell you a very um fitting piece to be doing after the the christmases we've had um but yeah take it away scott
2: Hi, uh, nice to meet you, Rob. Uh, Thank you for having me. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm a director, I'm a theatre maker. I do a lot of one-person shows and uh, I just like the intimacy that they bring with them. Harry's Christmas is a play that I read back in 2020 and it's really um, stayed with me. And then, like Stephen said, when I saw Woman Poe, I thought, I think this could be a very interesting collaboration. And I'd previously seen dog actor as well. So that was uh, a really, it was affirming that Stephen would be the right person to play this role. He really gets the style and um, yeah, that's how we're in the position that we're in now.
0: Brilliant. Shall we talk about, let's talk about Harry's Christmas over first. Let's just talk about the play itself. What can you tell us about the actual story then? Um, it, 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 it On paper, it looks quite bleak, which is a bit strange for a Christmas show, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, I think that there are ideas and themes in it that are universal. I think there are things that the character is, is experiencing that, given the Christmas of 2020 and 2021, people will really understand. So it may seem bleak, but I think that there's something in the play... That is, it makes people, even though the play is about loneliness, I think it might make people feel like they're not alone in the way that they're feeling in that, if that makes sense. And I also think personally that after seeing the play, because it addresses some things in a very head on, direct way, that it might make people think about the connections that they have with others that they've lost. So it might make someone pick up the phone. It might, might might make someone reach out to somebody else, whether they're feeling lonely themselves or whether they think that someone else that they know is isolated. So yeah, it might sound bleak on the surface, but I do think that there's
0: something to be taken from it that's actually quite um, quite beautiful, actually. I mean, there's still, I mean, it's, as I say, it's a one-man play, isn't it? So and it is. Harry is alone at Christmas, and it's. For- I assume it's sort of um. Harry, is, is it is it going to be about, is, is the story just Harry sort of expressing his thoughts about his loneliness or? Yeah, well, it's a bit of a interesting one because
1: the, uh, Harry actually has a kind of, uh, well, what we're calling it at the moment is uh, an inner voice, uh, which we can actually hear as the audience. So, Yes, it is Harry expressing himself, but there is also this other character almost, even though it is a one-person play. So we're obviously three weeks out before um, our first show, and we're still exploring this other entity uh, in rehearsals. But but even though it is a a solo thing, there does seem to be kind of kind of like with the the other of stuff I've worked on. There are a multitude of personalities and actors uh, or uh, characters, even uh, kind of involved in his work, which is which is really fun, really really great to to get my teeth into again.
0: Stephen, I mean, let's go back. This it's a Burkhoff play. that You've done, as I say, you did Dog Actor recently. Is it just your plan to work your way through the Burkhoff repertoire then, and you just <laughs> sort of, Is this it now? Or are you going to become known as the Burkhoff actor, or is it just coincidence? This is one of his plays. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know.
1: I don't know. Uh, I, I, I. Well, okay. I'm not sure if I got into it on my on the last time I was on here with Dog Actor, but but I remembered uh, doing Burkhoff. Um, I I played the dad in in East back in A level drama, and that's the reason why I got into doing Dog Actor and all that because I remembered that there was no set, no props. Uh, typically, very physical. And I mean, at the time of originally doing Dog Actor, nearly five years ago now, I was just thinking that sounds cheap to do. No set, no props. Easy, easy. Um, whereas actually the, the challenge with Burkhoff is, is the fact that you've got no no set, no props and everything. So in terms of getting through his other stuff, I mean, I was ready to kind of put him put him nice, tuck him up nicely into bed after uh, uh, Dog Actor, um but harry's christmas and scott's idea just really um it seemed very right um i mean in terms of being known as the, the burkhoff actor we'll see but i i like to think i'm the only one doing all the edgar allan poe stuff that i'm mm. i'm doing <laughs> i'm currently doing but you know so maybe the poe actor i'll t- I'll take the poe actor we'll we'll leave burkhoff himself as the Burke actor i think he'd get a bit annoyed if he if anyone else takes takes those my,
0: my concern my concern of being called the Poe actor would be that I could just have a second a completely different meaning i mean I, I if someone says to me he's the Poe actor i might i might not think edgar and poe first off i might think completely different faults. but well i tubbies um more of, isn't poe sort of down beat down isn't um I think Poe got meanings of sort of quite sort of subdued in there. Yeah, could you
2: talk about something
0: Poe face. That's probably what I'm yeah, maybe that's mm. what I'm, as as a word. I, I think I think that'd be the Alan Poe actor might might work better. Well that's a bit of a m okay, doesn't, okay. doesn't roll, roll off tug as well, does it? Um, <laughs> but, um I mean I take it a you, you you you've mentioned you saw you know this play come to your attention a couple of years ago. Is this your first time working on a book of play then? Is it? What yeah, is first
2: time working on a Burkhoff. Um, and for me as a director, I'm always trying to push in different directions in terms of style, in terms of content, in the types of plays that I work on. And Burkhoff is up there in terms of those playwrights where the text is challenging, the work is challenging. And I thought, I really want to, really want to unpack this play and see what happens and present it.
0: It's an exciting prospect to work on a back play. And um I'll go sort of dive around here with the questions because it's let's, let's talk about this. Um you said you saw Stephen do his um some of his um Edgar Allan Poe, didn't you? He's one man Poe, was it? Well he was that free you done three Poe stories, didn't you? That was that one, wasn't it? Yeah, that it's, was that was at Southwark, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, is, it was Is that was, what sort of attracted you to it did you put the two together then? Well, I'd already
2: seen um, Dog Actor quite a while ago. Um, Was it 2019, I think it was?
1: Yeah, early 2019, yeah.
2: Yeah, and um, we sort of had a bit of a dialogue. I remember kind of coming in uh, to your rehearsal room once, and we had a bit of a kind of an explore. It was just really nice, and it just felt really kind of effortless in terms of that interaction, and I thought... Yeah, I just, I just thought I, I'm always looking for new people to collaborate with, and Stephen's work was of, of such a kind of detail and such a, an investment in it that I, I, I think he's a really exciting performer and someone that is really engaging to watch on stage. And it's hard a one person show; it really, you really need to command the space, and I think he does it with complete commitment.
0: And what what came first then the, the sort of urge to do, you know, this was it a case you had this play in your Head that you wanted to do, and then you put Stephen to it. Is it a case of plus, you know, you always go make this play, you were just looking for someone to do it with?
2: Yeah, so I kind of I'd read the play, and then I read it in 2020, and it had been swirling around in my head for a while. And I thought about what, how Christmas was in 2020, and then I saw Woman Poe and I, I sparked up the conversation with Stephen about it and I, th- I thought about Stephen doing this role. And yeah, it kind of took off from there because I know you'd read it as well, hadn't you? And you'd mm-hmm. been in your mind, but I don't think it, it necessarily gone beyond that. So yeah, it just seemed to, it just seemed that it, it was something that we'd both been thinking about. But I was a little bit more, I think I was a few, few more steps ahead in wanting to actually. Make it a, a
0: piece. What about you? I mean, so you was aware of this play before, was you? Then Steven? It's just like you again. One you'd looked at previously.
1: Yeah, I mean, only because it was uh, in the same anthology as "Dog and Actor," uh, Stephen Burkov's plays too. Um, because there isn't a separate play script out there for just Harry's oh. Christmas. It's in. It's in involved in this other anthology of plays so and i knew it was a solo piece i I had read it and um and i was looking at the time because because originally dog actor was running about 40 minutes so i was looking at something that would try and get it above the 60 minute mark maybe make a triple bill um and uh harry's christmas was a good contender however i just made Dog actor longer in in the sense of adding so much more physical theatre stuff. So it so it seemed to work out fine in the end. But but yeah, I mean, uh, I certainly read the play a while ago, and um and yeah the 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 combination of of the pandemic into all of this and the you know the isolation at Christmas time, and uh, I certainly had family family members who were alone at christmas time and we were doing zoom calls and everything and you know poor harry uh doesn't have any zoom. there's no zoom calls in the play you know he he barely gets a phone call in every now and then so it's um it, it made me really think gosh there were so many even though we all experienced a kind of element of isolation and loneliness throughout the pandemic but some t- some of us at christmas time as well but it really made me think ah oh, geez that there are still people out there in their in their self isolation quarantine mode. Um it, you know, even dare I say it post pandemic. Um so that's why I I I certainly thought this this play is definitely one to do now completely.
0: Are you not are you, is there any concern that um we don't want to be reminded of the pandemic? Is are you is there sort of this is there a way that perhaps it's a play that you know people won't want at this point because we we, you know we don't want to be reminded of those two (laughs) crap years
1: well i mean it's not like it like you see all these plays coming out now like coronavirus the musical or uh you know all of these very on the nose pandemic plays or or shows it's 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 not explicitly about the pandemic i mean even scott and i uh we we had this chat about maybe it's kind of set the year before the pandemic you know like ob- obviously Burkhoff wrote uh, in the in the 80s and we've had a permission from him personally to kind of modernize certain lines and certain names and references and everything like that but we don't want to explicitly make it about the pandemic? Because yeah, that can be off-putting, I suppose, but I don't know, what do you think, Scott?
2: I would say uh, it's not, um, because of when it was written, it was very much in a world that was not about the world that we live in now. However, I think um, whenever I work on something, I try and think about its relevance And actually, I think it's more about the relevance of the play now as opposed to attaching a a specific moment in time. Yes, in our minds, we, we associate it with a specific moment in recent times. So I get that that might not feel as appealing to people. However, we're not explicitly saying that this is when it's set. But I feel like the relevance of it is really important. I think it's more to do with... The, the theme of um, isolation and loneliness, as opposed to the theme of or the idea of it being set within a pandemic, and that's which, really
0: important which could be any time. Then could it? Which could be any time. Yeah. Even though it's about isolation and loneliness, there's some humour in this, isn't there? It's actually is is it is it a comedy or is it just light comedy?
2: I wouldn't say it's a comedy. I would say it's provocative. Um, it's a piece of drama but also, but there's something about it that it's, it, it does that brilliant thing that I, I think that uh, one-person pieces can do and Burkhoff's pieces can do, where it really sort of breaks down the fourth wall and you feel like you're connecting with the character. So it's not a, it's not a comedy. There's, there's moments of lightness, and we've actually, looking at the beginning of the play, we've really worked at the lightness at the top end of it, so it doesn't sort of feel like you're going into something really heavy. And the tone of it starts to gradually shift, so it's lighter at the beginning. But I wouldn't say it's a comedy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, we've written on the uh, show copy um, a searingly dark comedy. Uh, so it's not just a dark comedy; it's one that really sears you. Well, so, uh, and I love, I love personally, I love the dark uh, humor that you find in, in, in. Plays like Martin McDonagh's work and and other kind of really things you shouldn't really be laughing at. So yes, there are funny moments, but no, certainly not a laugh out loud. Bring your family along, along comedy, rolling in the aisles kind of stuff. Right. Let's let's get onto the
0: direction of this then. Um. Now you've you've self directed the last two two or three things you've done, haven't you, Stephen? So, yeah. So- yes. So Scott, what's 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 it like directing him then? I mean, what's it going to be like, you know, some you know someone who's been doing it themselves for so long, the, the DIY approach, the very DIY approach. Um, how how have you found it so far working with him? It's great.
2: It's really good. I think what happens is when you work on a new collaboration, the initial thing is working out how it's going to work, and I think that I'm aware that. Stephen is very self-sufficient and does all of the work on previous things and has done all the work on previous things. So I think part of my role within this is about more to sort of sort of guide as well because obviously it's just taking the reins over a little bit and saying you don't need to do everything, you don't need to think about everything. But it seems to be working really well because you have... I work very collaboratively. I'm always about the people that I'm working with putting in their ideas and we kind of come to a, uh, a, a an agreement on something, on a choice, on a decision. And Stephen's got really kind of strong, clear ideas about the character. And then I throw in what, where, what I see in a, a specific moment. And it just works really well because we both come from with different perspectives on the same thing so it was yeah it's about collaboration and I think that there's there's a sort of there's an understanding that Stephen brings with about massively about style uh which is something that is kind of newer to me but it's the fact that you've self-directed is I guess it's a bonus it's like two two pairs of eyes on the same thing which is great
0: and the other yeah. way around, though, Stephen. For you, is how 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 hard is it to to hand over those reins? Is it? Are you sort of having to hold yourself back? You're thinking, no, I, you know, let letting Scott sort of take take the lead on certain things that you would normally have done. Well, I mean, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it has been a uh, like you say, it, last few shows I've done. It's been pretty much I've had to think so many steps ahead when just learning my lines because. Uh, You know, uh, so it's been a bit of a bad, uh, uh, bad habit, uh, not bad habit, but I've had habits to break for this one. Uh, Whereas, uh, you know, Scott Scott's the most fantastic director. And I'm just so I'm just so pleased that someone is actually like giving me notes and uh, we can talk about stuff. You know, it's 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 adding a whole element of joy to this whole process that. I've just missed because you know it's just been a means to an end, really, of getting work out there, just directing myself and doing solo shows, and just kind of finding that the audience eventually ha- become my director almost. They they guide me in their laughter, their silence, and everything like that. However, with this, it's uh, it's just a such a pleasure to have have Scott to uh, you know guide me and 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 like he says, he you know. It, taking taking stuff off my shoulders it's um uh, which would otherwise be kind of up to me to sort out and it's yeah so but yeah I had to lo- break a lot of habits of of thinking five six seven steps ahead whilst all I need to do at the moment is just learn my lines and you know so so it's um yeah it's it's been it's been a, a great process to get
0: back into a collaboration. Is, is there almost an element of you you've relax it allow you to relax a little bit and say just focus more on the role as opposed to let's just say everything around it is is it almost like oh this is put your feet up almost this is easy street now I'm only doing one job
1: oh uh, no I mean I'm I'm still doing you know uh, the, like me and Scott are doing like producing work in terms of producing it under Freedom Theatre which is a bit of a uh, well, it's a theatre company that I'm kind of spearheading at the moment, and um, doing all the marketing and stuff. Uh, but no, there's a there is a as a a relaxed uh, uh sense of when when it comes to the acting, I do feel I do feel relaxed because not only the, the environment and atmosphere that Scott brings to the rehearsals, but just just knowing that there's someone looking at the work that i'm putting out there and 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 you know uh, giving me notes and guiding me it's um and coming up with fantastic ideas themselves as you know it's it's just uh i've really missed working with other people <laughs> during this pandemic it's just it's just great to get back
0: into that that zone from a directing point of view is it easier or harder to direct a one person show is is there is is it a case so it's easy because it's only one person or harder because you've got to make that one person feel that stage differently. It's very,
2: it's unique. It's a really unique process working just with one other person because there's lots of things to to bear in mind. It's just you and that other person in the room. So it's about kind of getting the dynamic and the balance right initially, but it's also, it's 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 challenging, but in a good way, because it becomes quite, in, it, it, whatever the piece is, it becomes quite intense, because it is just you two. So um, I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. I've done quite a few one-person pieces, and I like finding that balance, how you establish certain things within that relationship with that actor or actress. And I... I think it can come with, cha- it, well, yeah, it does come with challenges, but I enjoy those challenges because also it's about how you, um, how you keep the story moving. That's one of the biggest challenges because it's just one voice, whether it's uh, h- how you um, physically move the piece or how you, um, in terms of storytelling, keep it kind of ticking along. Um, so yeah I I enjoy it it's challenging but I enjoy it and I like the
0: intimacy of one person shows I really really like that and I mean Stephen you've done I mean all your recent stuff has been one person shows isn't it is is that something is that again is that just out of necessity because of keeping it you know simple and you know low cost or is it just something you think you will focus on even more whatever goes on in the future
1: yeah, I mean, it's it has been a bit of a a bit both really. I mean, I'm I'm very keen to get back into working w- with an ensemble, but in terms of producing that opportunity or that project, whatever that be, it's just a bit a bit more of a, a task to handle. So I suppose if I'm if I am producing stuff myself for myself it's sometimes a bit easier to to manage a solo piece and i suppose like lower cost and everything but that's that's not necessarily the the first thing that comes to mind just kind of more uh less people to manage and yeah i i I do love the the format though i i do love the format of of the solo solo show and and like I said earlier, like the the audience almost become a bit of a scene partner as well. It's it's such a great feeling when you when you get in front of a crowd with a solo show and especially something that is so audience interaction. And you 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 can talk to the audience, you can look them in the eye and play off their reactions. It's kind of like a bit slightly like I kind of kind of see how stand up comedy is is so so amazing to to do not that i i've I've ever done that that Mm. that really freaks me out doing (laughs) a stand-up comedy gig because you know that's you can hear when that doesn't work and it's all your own material you know so that 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 is a, a a mountain that i've yet to climb um but yeah no i i do love it i do love it um if any if any casting directors are out there. And they're casting anything with ensemble actors or need an ensemble. I am all for it.
0: Yeah. The other thing I'm saying, I I must admit, I I my first ever visit to Kingshead Theatre, um, this week. Don't know why it's took me so long to get there. It's It's quite a strange configuration, isn't it? Is that does that affect again how you perform the show? Because you're almost you're performing almost to three sides, aren't you? It's a strange. It's a strange layout. I felt.
2: Yeah, I think. Um... The layout is really, it's it's an unusual configuration, but I think it's a quite an interesting one, and it, uh, particularly for one-person pieces, it means that you have to constantly be sharing with different sides of the audience, because also you don't want to be favouring one side and then leave one side a bit neglected. But what it does, I think, in a brilliant way, is it makes the piece, you, it forces you as a director and as an actor to kind of keep the piece Physically moving and keeping it dynamic, so it's c- consistently changing. And I, I think it's it's a great way to ke- make a piece feel very sort of um, alive in that space.
0: Yeah, it's, it's and that actually that might be one of the issues last night I had with the play, in uh, that I don't think they took that into s- enough consideration. Because I, I found a lot of what I was watching last night. I was watching someone's back for probably half the play last night, and it was a strange. Maybe that, maybe that's why I didn't appreciate it As much as I could have done Right, let's talk about Calm You're, you're um, supporting Calm The campaign against living miserable, miserably For this um, show Why them specifically? did they just, Were they just a perfect fit for the themes? I think so Yeah, I think that they,
2: they, they What they In terms of their Is ethos the right word? Mission? I, maybe mission is probably a better word I think in terms of what Calm sort of Calm's focus is and Calm's kind of mission is, seems to align itself with the ideas that we think are really important in the play. And yeah, it felt it felt like a perfect fit. So we reached out to them and they were very, very forthcoming in terms of their um correspondence. So yeah, it seemed like a perfect fit
0: see a lot see a lot a lot of plays where you where, where you you know support a charity is 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 it something that's theatre's just very good at is it just that theatre's got that voice that fits nicely with you know with supporting different charity organizations
1: well I think theatre is it's really the last medium of immediate live interaction and storytelling really you know you can you can do it with streaming and all of that but but theatre just has that that immediacy to it that 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 lacks with film and tv and everything like that I, I don't know i think there's something to do with that it's so impactful um so i think yeah with with charity and and uh yeah i th- i think that's probably why it works so well i don't know what do you think scott
2: yeah i think so i think there's something about um the immediacy and that there's there's a there's an intimacy there's a visceral quality to theater um depending on the piece that it can it it connects with you on on a very kind of yeah on a personal up up close scale so i think that um i think yeah i think that's why associations
0: um and partnerships with charities and organizations in theater work so let's close off by just a little last little sales pitch then. What is it we should be? Um, why should we come see Harry's Christmas at King's Head Theatre between the 6th and the 24th of December? Then
2: come and see Harry's Christmas at the King's Head Theatre because if you're looking for an alternative Christmas production that will make you think, that will make you want to reconnect with people, this is the one for you. Be yeah. On. And, um, well, I think
1: one one thing we should mention is a bit of a shout out to our uh, sound designer and and composer as well. Oh, uh, yep. Julian Starr is a multi-offie nominated sound designer guru who has. Um, uh, it just seems like everything he does re- of recent uh, re- recently is uh, is is flooded with praise. Um, much like Scott and and uh, dare I say it myself as well so it's a bit of a dream team that we've assembled <laughs> for uh, this this solo show that that you know obviously I'm very very keen and um, uh, experienced in solo shows as is Scott as is Julian Stephen Burkov's writing it's it's a it's a kind of almost forgotten play from the 80s that has newfound relevance in this post-pandemic era, so I think it's the perfect melting pot for a very powerful play this Christmas. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, you, come along, come along. And uh, previews we got uh, the first preview is only ten pound, so come a, come along to that one if 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 you're just checking it out and you're a bit tight for cash, ten pound for the first day. Um, but we're we're doing
0: three weeks worth. So plenty of opportunity. I, I'll be perfectly honest. I've never seen you perform live. I've seen you perform online. I've never seen you actually in the flesh live. Apart from, well, apart from, apart from into that pub that one night. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am very, I I am, I may, I may nab the press night on this for myself because I do want to come and see you actually physically perform in person. Um, Scott Stevens, been absolute pleasure. Really interesting to so say, just remind people, this is uh, Harry's Christmas, King's Theatre, which is a 10-minute walk-up from Highbury and Islington Station, as I found out last night, um, 6th and of twenty-four December. Scott, Stephen, thank you so much for your time and say good luck with this in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Please check out our website at everything-theatre.co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is. This has been Everything Theatre. We hope you enjoyed.